from a two-bedroom apartment on the west side of Los Angeles, it's Crayon Film! Tonight, we've got Tim Wolcott and American Splendor. I don't know if my voice is gonna hold up on this week's raspy episode! From the streets of Cleveland comes High on Film. Just kidding, still in Los Angeles, but that is the lead-in for our titular, or the, the titular comic of our subject of today's podcast, American Splendor from 2003, for episode 205, here on High on Film, sobering talk about movies. Welcome to the show. I'm Chris Maxwell. I'm your host. Thanks for joining us. Um, appropriately enough, I have a little bit of a cough and, uh, accompanied with a, a full cold. Um, so if my voice sounds a little weird, I'm doing a Harvey Picar impression, who of course, uh, wrote, uh, American Splendor, the comic book and graphic novels. Uh, then later with his, uh, wife, Joyce, uh, Brabner, wrote Our Cancer Year, of which this movie is based. Uh, the screenplay written by Sherry Springer-Berman and Robert Pulsini, who also directed the film. And, uh, yeah, here we are. The very end of McConuary. Of course, cold season. And fully in American splendor. <laughs> oh, I'll leave it at that. We'll, we'll stick on topic today. Let's get to my co-host. He is here week in, week out, year in, year out. The man right to my left. The walking Kevin Bacon game and the Brad Davis that God gave us. It's Brad Davis, everybody. Hi! Hey, Brad. Hey, how's it going? Not bad, man. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Not better, Batman. Better than you. Not Batman. I'm doing pretty well. Well, you said you're under the weather. A, li a little under the yeah. weather. Yeah, well, I'm not, so. Oh, yeah, okay. Better than me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Fair enough. Point stands. <laughs> point stands. Uh, what do you think of today's movie? Very interesting. I've never seen this movie before. Um, yeah, a little... Even kind of knowing, re reading about it a little bit, I still wasn't prepared for what it actually was. Uh, much more kind of meta and abstract than I imagined. But very well done. I liked it a lot. Yeah. Uh, Paul Giamatti plays Harvey Picard, the uh, somewhat pessimistic comic book writer. Somewhat. Um, yeah. And it is. It's his uh, autobiography by way of his comic books, and deals with them making a film, and yeah, it's about his own issues with, what, loneliness, and fame, and money, and existentialism, all that fun stuff. Oh, yeah. Cancer. It's a blast. It's a blast. But it is, it is fairly funny, because he is a, has a fairly comedic sense of, uh, of life. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, yes, Chris, yeah, I mean, uh, he, he has a very kind of Sardonic, I guess, would be the. the I like that. Uh, sardonic view on life that certainly lends itself to comedy uh, pretty well. So I think it's it, it certainly has some laugh out loud moments. Yeah. Well, our guest today uh, certainly has some views on comedy. He has been on the podcast once before, and has returned in all his American splendor. Comedian Tim Walcott is back. Hey, guys. Hey, What's Tim. What's going on? Not much. Long time no see. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I'm also better than you. I'm feeling fine. Damn Fit it. Fit and hail. Oh, boy. Yeesh. Tough break, Chris. <laughs> yeah, tough break, Chris. That's what they call me. Yep. This fall at NBC. <laughs> yep. Better than Kevin can wait. 
Tell Frank Chris. <laughs> it's a spinoff. Same premise. <laughs> Tim, t- why why on earth would you decide to watch American Splendor now? Um, What's, why American Splendor? <laughs> it's uh, I don't. There wasn't there wasn't any ulterior motive. I just liked the movie. Um, I didn't have it shooting uh, from the hip. I was shooting from the hip a little bit, but uh, hip shooting. I didn't have any uh, like. I mean, I didn't have yeah. I didn't have any ulterior motive. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, okay. or words to tell you about it at the moment. <laughs> have you read any of American Splendor or Our Cancer Year? Uh, no. Interesting. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I've seen the movie so, a couple of, like, at least, at, the least, at least a dozen times. Uh, you've oh, seen this oh, movie at least uh, a dozen times? Yeah. And you've never w- went out and bought or borrowed or I realized read the, I realized the flaw in this today. Uh, uh, I was like, you know, maybe yeah. when I ordered the movie on Amazon, I was like, I don't even own this movie. Why did I pick this movie? But I love it. It's, <laughs> it's, a, a, it's one of the best movies that I don't own. But I, I did. I own okay. it now. So I, so I changed that. It's now one of the best movies I do own. There you go. It is a, it is a wonderful movie. Uh, it's very creative. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Oh, jeez. Already. It's my tribute to Harvey Peacock. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> You're just so in character. Don't say already. You can't predict cold <laughs> symptoms. God, you're so method. Or I guess maybe you can. <laughs> yeah, some doctors well, I mean, too. sometimes. Anyway. <laughs> Lost track. Um... Uh, yeah, it is. It's a delightful movie. Mm. Uh, anything like what? What appeals to you about it? The, the his views on life, obviously. Yeah, I mean the the uh, the uh, dry. I think droll maybe would have been the word you were mm. looking for earlier. Uh, well, um, droll is a good word. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Oh, it was in the description on Amazon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but. Uh, yeah, just the the comedic uh, drollness of uh, him, and I love the whole interplay, the whole movie of the the real and the fake and the drawings coming into the actual. I don't know. It's not something I I see a whole lot, and I enjoy it. Yeah, multimedia. <laughs> yeah, his own comics come in. I mean, he's been drawn by multiple artists mm. in different ways. So interpreted through other people's eyes, and now again being interpreted through someone else's eyes. He had a play written about him, yeah. which he goes to see in the movie. <laughs> I was desperately trying not to cough. Yeah, because <laughs> so we see Harvey playing Harvey playing Harvey. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and... Because the real Harvey's in the movie. The actual Harvey yeah. Peter is also in the movie, which is... Yeah, so there's many different levels, and it is uh, masterfully handled. Yeah. In fact, I bet he was on set that day. Real Harvey was on set when they filmed the stage Harvey and the Paul Giamatti watching. I bet all three were watching each other at the same time in the same moment. I like That's crazy. Think, That's like looking into a mirror with a mirror behind you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 And I bet there was a drawing of Harvey <coughs> Picar somewhere in the room. <laughs> well, now you're just kind of hoping. Hey, one can hope, Chris. One can yeah. hope. One can't hope. One can't Hope's hope. a powerful thing. Yeah. It's all you need to start a rebellion. <laughs> Rebellions are based on hope. That's <laughs> true. I've heard recently. All right, guys. It's time for some trash, star, destroy. Three movies of a similar ilk. One you must trash, which means it's eliminated from existence. One movie you get to star in whatever role you'd like to take for yourself. And, of course, the third movie must be destroyed. 
which means that the only version of it that exists has been both written and directed by Mr. Michael Bay of The Rock fame. So this being an American-titled movie, let's do three American movies, but not including American Movie, which is also a documentary detailing a film being made. Appropriately enough, I highly recommend it, but it's not in this category today. <clears throat> We're going for the big guys. We're doing American Pie. <laughs> We're doing American Psycho. And we're doing American Beauty. American Pie, American Psycho, American Beauty, Trash, Star, Destroy. Have at it. American Pie, American Psycho, American Beauty. Well, I pretty much have to star in American Beauty. Because that movie's too good not to. I guess I'll take the Wes Bentley role. I mean, it's kind of the douchiest part of the movie. Yeah. But, I mean, I get to have... You don't have a whole lot of other roles for you. That's all right. That's all right. He comes back. He's doing shit now. Yeah. So, whatever. I'm fine with that. And you have a whole different career, man. Right. Maybe you make something different of it. That's right. Um, But, that's... Yeah, I... That's too good of a movie to... I mean, I guess I could have started American Pie, too, but not American Pie also. Yeah. Not too. American Pie, too. Um, but no, that's what I'm going to stick with. Uh, I'm going to start American Beauty. I guess I'll... Ooh, boy, do I want to see Bay do Psycho or Pie? That's kind of tough. I think actually both of them... Both play... movies without American in them as well. <laughs> Psycho. Yeah. Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and Pie. Pie. Darren Aronofsky's Pie. <laughs> That's true. Oh, good catch. Do you want to bet there's a movie named Beauty, too? I bet you there is. I think there might be with, like, Liv Tyler or something, maybe? Yeah. Is that Stealing Beauty? Uh, that might be. I think there might be a regular Beauty. Yeah. Call in! Let's go. <laughs> the number is on the bottom of the screen. Um, I think what I'm going to do is trash American Psycho and give Bay American Pie. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, I kind of want to see Michael Bay's American Pie. That's more interesting to me than his American Psycho. Yeah. No no beauty movies. Oh, no. Beauty and the Beast, Collateral Beauty, American Beauty, Beauty and the Beast, Sleeping Beauty. No no plain beauty. Mm. No Sarah plain and beauty. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks to Tom Samsung for calling that in on the hotline. Yeah. Thanks, Tom. (laughs) Big fan. <laughs> All right. Uh, Tim, what are you doing here? American Pie, American Psycho, American Beauty. Trashing, starring, destroying. Um, I think I'd also have to uh, star in American Pie and bang Stifler's mom. Mm. <laughs> Finch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good role. And be Finch. That'd be a lot of fun. Um, you get to do some good fake pooping in that movie, too. Oh, yeah. Some yeah. good fake pooping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a bucket list thing for every actor. Check. Okay, drunk scene, fake poop scene. I mean, if you, if you want to get bingo. You got you to gotta have like five, I think, in a row. That is correct. Okay. We'll get to the other three later. Um, and then uh, I, think I'd, I think I would like to see uh, Bay's American Psycho. 
Um, and I guess that means American Beauty gets trashed. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. You don't seem that sorry, but it's a great it. movie. Yeah, it is a great movie. Sorry, yeah. 1999's Best Picture winner. Uh, yeah. And Kevin Spacey's well, but I don't think Best Actor Oscar. Yeah. I don't think the Michael Bay uh, American Beauty really is works. Anything? No, really. no, we don't want that. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. mind seeing Michael Bay. That was straight to DVD. Take a shot with like a family drama. <laughs> I'm kind of intrigued by that too, to be quite honest with you. Yeah. Um, boy, I, uh, you both put up very good arguments, and I feel like I'm gonna go with one of yours. I just don't know who. You, I, I mean, American Beauty gets to work with Sam Mendes. You're in an Oscar-winning film. American Pie. You're in a blockbuster comedy that launched a career of. God, even like the tertiary characters. No, even I'm John Cho up, yeah. and Allison Hannigan are in that. Uh, that's true, yeah. Yeah, come on, man. I was making a joke. Yeah, well, <laughs> it doesn't sit right with me. I know, it didn't sit right with me either. No, that movie's, that's, it's, legit, it's a legit statement. Yeah, it came out when I was in ninth grade. I saw it in theaters. Funniest thing I'd seen in years. <laughs> Since you were Since high. I was knee high. <laughs> so, boy... You know what? I'm I'm gonna go prestige over comedy. I'm gonna star in American Beauty. I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot the bag, the camera. Yeah, yeah. Um, the most beautiful thing you've ever seen in your life. That's right. Yep. And I'm gonna trash American Psycho, and I'm gonna see Michael Bay's American Pie. Him and those crazy kids running around. I mean, you can't make it more sexist. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Bay. Yeah. I mean, probably could. No. Get out some challenge. Cool yeah, 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 yeah. Challenge accepted. <laughs> All right, guys. Let's do one more category of trashing and starring and destroying things. Three movies about comic book creators. Since American Splendor is about a comic book creator and fan. We will do American Splendor. We'll do Kevin Smith's Chasing Amy. And uh, unfortunately for any... Card-carrying member of the Brendan Fraser Hater Club, Monkey Bone. Wow. Monkey Bone, Chasing Amy, American Splendor. Um, <coughs> I think, boy, that's tough. I lean towards American Splendor, but I don't really think there's a good character for me to play in that movie. In which case... Um, well, I guess I'll be in American Splendor. I'll play the Letterman role. Cool. In that one scene. <laughs> in the one scene where I they mean, couldn't get the rights to the Yeah, where they couldn't get the right to it. You just got a back shot of me. I, that guy didn't do a great Letterman impression anyway, so. He, I feel like he didn't even put up an impression. No. So, I'll play David Letterman. Okay. In American Splendor. <laughs> The that's, role I was born to play. That's a cool role. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually pretty happy with that choice now. Um, I'm sorry. It was Chasing Amy and... Monkey Bone. Oh, Monkey Bone. Uh, the Chris Kattan classic. Yeah. I, I guess I'm going to... I've never actually seen Monkey Bone. I hate it. <laughs> Although someone told me that I'd do for a rewatch as a cult classic, and I am skeptical. Yeah, I mean, I... My instincts say to trash Monkey Bone, but at the mm -hmm. same time, I don't know if Chasing Amy going to 
Michael Bay is the best idea. And boy, if Monkey Bone's bad and then Bay gets his hands on it, that could just be a whole other level of bad. Yeah. That's enticing. To That's be quite good. Honest with yeah, you. yeah. It's Transformers Age of Extinction. <laughs> exactly. Exactly where my head went. Um, so I think that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give Monkey Bone to Bay, and I'm going to trash Chasing Amy. I, I've not seen Chasing Amy in a while. I don't like it as much as some people seem to, but maybe I need to rewatch it, because it was a long time ago when I saw that. I liked it a lot as a teenager. I don't think I would, I don't think it would hold up if I watched it. I've watched some of it, like, not all of it, all the way through recently, but I've seen it on TV and, like, left it on for... 15 to 20 minutes at a time and it's it doesn't keep me watching mm. doesn't keep you watching keeps brad <laughs> chasing amy <laughs> Boom. yep there you go tim <clears throat> what are you doing here i'm also gonna start american splendor and be toby for sure oh uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah judah freelander yeah judah freelander that's a great role another role both the real Toby and the fake Toby and the Judah Friedlander Toby. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, I'm not the hugest fan of Chasing Amy either, so I'm fine with whatever Bay does to it. <laughs> it okay. Really Fair enough. To me either way. Um, and I've never seen Monkey Bone, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna trash it. Garbage. Yeah. Wild romp with an uh, animated monkey. Yeah. Brendan Fraser creates and draws and comes alive and takes him into a cartoonish hell of. Mm. The inner mind. I don't. It's, it's, it's really a very strange movie. Yeah. Well, I feel like we've talked about Brendan Fraser a lot on this show recently. We have. Yeah. Because we're both card carrying members of the Brendan Fraser Hater Club. And that's true. That's true. I have the idea in my wallet. Does it sound like a blast from the past? Because we talked about it. I think last week, two weeks ago. One of those. I think last week. Yeah, probably. Yeah, that would make sense. Call in. Let <laughs> us know. Numbers uh, at the bottom of the screen. <clears throat> Yeah, here, um, I guess it could be maybe Fred and American Splendor, or like, Crumb, it could be James Urbaniak's role in like those two scenes. That's true. Yeah. But it's tempting to work with Jason yeah. Lee, actually. So you'd take the Affleck role? Yeah, maybe. Or the Joey Lawrence Lord, <laughs> Adams role? In Chasing Amy. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> I think I'm going to take the Affleck role. Okay. Uh, against uh, Jason Lee and, and work with Kevin Smith since he was a favorite of mine back in the day. Yeah, he's still, so. I still like Kevin Smith a lot. Love yeah. Mallrats. I, I yeah. really, really like Mallrats. I love Dogma. Hmm. Right. I haven't seen his last two films now. Oh, boy. Chris. Tusk and Yoga Hosers. Oh, right. I forgot about Yoga Hosers. Yeah. Um, yeah, I also love Kevin Smith. Clerks and... Actually, Clerks 2 as well. Yeah, I'm pretty good. I'm a big good. fan of both of them. Yep. I'm with you there. Yeah. Mall Rats, Dogma. Love yeah. them. Zach and Mary make a porno. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I really like that too. Yes. So I'm starring in Chasing Amy. <coughs> Unfortunately, oh. I'm going to trash yeah, American you're Splendor. You're going to die. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to trash American Splendor. Um, yeah, that's what's going to have to happen there. Because I would love to see Michael Bay's take on Monkey Bone. Especially if I ever had to watch it again. At least this time it's directed by Mr. Michael Bay. <laughs> of the rock fame. Of the island fame. <laughs> of the monkey bone fame. Of monkey bone <laughs> fame. <laughs> there it is, guys. Michael Bay, a formal plea. 
Remake Monkey Bone. <laughs> Chris Maxwell. He's Signed me. I'll get a petition started. <laughs> Please do. Are they still going to... Is Trump going to keep that thing where you can petition anything and the White House has to respond to it if you get X amount of signatures? Probably. He's going to do a lot of things. Cool. All right. Well, <laughs> we're going to take a break and be cool. right back with more stuff focusing on American Splendor right after this. And we're back, high on film, with American Splendor, the auto, semi-autobiographical, semi-documentary, semi-dramatization of the life of Harvey Picar. This is the summary game, the first game of the podcast that's worth a damn. That's zero to two points in high on film speak. We're each going to give the old college try, going around the table. And summarizing American Splendor to the best of our ability in a thousandth of the time that it actually takes to watch. This movie runs at 101 minutes, which uh, only allows us a brief 10.1 seconds apiece to get out the best summary we can. As I said, for a, zero, a total of zero to two points, as we each score each other numerically, as friends do, <laughs> on our scorecards uh, that have been passed out ahead of time. So, of course... During the month of Macanuary, we wouldn't miss a chance to have our patented toy cost coin toss with our beautiful three-sided Matthew McConaughey, Lincoln Motor Company, Mick Holler, Lincoln <laughs> Lawyer coin. Brad, I tossed that shiny hunk of metal into the air. Hunk is the right word. Hunk is the right <laughs> word. He's got a gorgeous body of work. Light showed uh, off. Just sparkled in that... In, in his eye, off his McCollar portrait. Yep. And and you called it. You said, Matthew McConaughey. I did. <laughs> well, uh, that's that's what you do in that's what you do in McConaughey. <laughs> yeah. Which is the link, uh, the McCollar Lincoln lawyer uh, side, because of course Lincoln's also on it. Right. Abraham Lincoln. Abe. Yeah. It's Matthew McConaughey as Abe Lincoln. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know, if you look really hard, I didn't notice. It's yeah. in the details. It is. I thought it was Lincoln all last no, year. No, 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 no. You can see it in the hair. It's flowing out the back of it's, it. That's crazy. Yeah. I, oh, I can't believe how many times I've studied this thing. Well, it's... It, it's The beard's even peeling off. He disappears, like around the he disappears edges. into the character, like, like always. All right, all right, all right. Brad. Yes, yeah, sorry. We flipped the coin. We did. It came up McCollar. It did. You're going first, second, or third. It's your prerogative since you got it right. Chris, I'm going to let you kick this off. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, good. <laughs> Perfect. 10.1 seconds, sir. Ten... Let me down some water. Yeah, do what you got to do. 10.1 seconds on the clock for you to summarize American Splendor. Are you ready? Sure. Three, two, one. Harvey Picard lives a lonely life in Cleveland, uh, so he starts writing a comic book that gets very popular. Uh, he meets a girl uh, who's a fan. Um, they get married. Uh, he gets cancer. They live together. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that was pretty good. That was pretty not so good. bad, I thought. Yeah, no, that's, that's solid. Superficial, but... Yeah. Yeah. But overall... I didn't dive into the themes, really. No. No, you could have done a little theme diving. Well, you hit the good. You hit the main points. Yeah, Thanks. main points were yeah. hit. Thanks, Tim. You're up. All right, Tim. You're up. 
Ten point one seconds to summarize American Splendor. Is that my porn name? <laughs> yeah, I like or your it. spy name. Oh yeah, can it be both? Can it be an international 100%. porn spy? <laughs> yeah. James Bond is no problem we, telling everybody. Did we just make a new movie? I think we did. We got to make the script. <laughs> Tim, you're an international porn spy. We'll talk more after the, after the show. <laughs> That's a pretty awesome title. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> All right, I'm very much on board for this. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Tim, you're up. International point <laughs> 10.1 seconds to summarize American Splendor to the best of your ability. Starting in three, two, one. A droll, perennially depressed man finds redemption and love, if not happiness, in his comic books. Oh, with time to spare. Shit. Pretty good. Yeah, that was. It was. I mean, it was concise. Yeah. You're really hanging on to that word droll, huh? I am. I'm yeah. working that word droll. You are. I hadn't seen it in a while, and Amazon, thank you for reminding me. Amazon reviews, thank you for reminding me of the word droll. Droll's a word. Droll's a word. Droll's a word. Hey, Tim. Droll's a word. Tim. Droll's a word. You remember that? Yeah. All right, Brad. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> Let's see what you can do. Let's see what I can do. 10.1 seconds. Just as interested as you are. Three, two, one. Harvey uh, writes cartoons about actual real life, and he becomes famous, and he meets uh, one of his fans who they fall in love, and he ends up having cancer, and he beats cancer, and he writes about it, and Time. that makes it better. Yeah. 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 A little all over the place, but yeah. I, 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 I hit some key points. You did indeed. They fall in love, they beat cancer. Yep. Yeah. The big two. <clears throat> I, I, I like that you said real actual life, or actual real life, or something like that. Oh, that was a slip of words. Yeah. That was not planned. A redundancy. <laughs> ah, if you will. Yeah. I will. <laughs> Good. Glad to hear it. All right. It's time for first impressions. It's the second game of the podcast. Uh, we're each going to give a line to the person sitting to our right that we would like to hear them impersonate to the best of their ability. Of course, said line... Should be from American Splendor. <laughs> this time, uh... Man. It's, uh damn it, Tim! I thought I was clear about what to do here. <laughs> Pardon. Um, yeah, who's going first? What are we doing? Zero to three points. That's, that's important to know. Zero to three points this time. And uh, I went first. So, Tim, you get to go first and give Brad a line. You'd like to hear him impersonate. If you want to set up the uh, scene. Yeah, so uh, the line I'm going to give you, Brad, is right uh, when Joyce and uh, Harvey meet in person for the first time at the uh, train station. And they introduce themselves, and then the first thing he says is, all right, right off the bat, you need to know that I had a vasectomy. I think I paraphrased there some. Uh, uh, that's pretty close, though, I think. <laughs> but yeah, all right, vasectomy, sweet. Well, here it is in real, actual life. Hey, are you Joyce? Hey, Harvey. Hey. So we finally meet in person. Hey. <clears throat> Look, before we get started with any of this, you might as well know right off the bat I had a vasectomy. All right, the famous Paul Giamatti, son of Commissioner Bart Giamatti of Major League Baseball. Brad, have you ever done a Paul Giamatti impression before? I don't think so. Lady in the Water? <laughs> uh, actually, I don't really remember. Yeah, can't remember either. I try to forget everything about that day. 
Oh, come on. That was a good podcast. Yeah, actually, it was a really good podcast. It's a terrible movie. It's a terrible movie. Yes. All right, Brad. First things first. (laughs) Yeah. Set the record straight. Look, uh, before we get started with any of this, right off the bat, I had a vasectomy. Okay. Yeah, not so bad. It's functional. Especially for uh, a more restrained Giamatti line, I feel. Yeah, yeah, because there's some points in this movie where it's just kind of going off. Yeah. Like in many movies. Classic Giamatti. Do you have a line for me, Brad, that you'd like to hear me impersonate? No. Oh. No, I do. Um, How alarming. (laughs) Yes. Uh, So the line I'm going to give you is actually a line from the real Harvey. Uh, when he is, uh, it's early on in the film and he's narrating and we're, I don't think it's the, it's definitely not the first time we're being introduced to Paul Giamatti as him, but it's early on and he's, uh, in the narration, he says, here's me or the guy that's playing me, something like the guy doesn't really look like me, but whatever. Very, a very meta moment. Here's our man. Yeah, all right. Here's me, or the guy playing me anyway. Though he don't look nothing like me, but whatever. Okay. <clears throat> Harvey Picar, my real life impression. <clears throat> Here's our man. Yeah, all right. Here's me, or the guy playing me anyway. <laughs> Though he don't look nothing like me, but whatever. <laughs> Hey, that was actually yeah, pretty was good. Solid. Yeah, that yeah. was really good, man. That was really good. <clears throat> Don't thank me. Thank <laughs> flat disease. <laughs> Not disease. Cold. Cold. Yeah, disease it's, seems strong. What are those germs? What what gives you a cold? Bacteria. Bacteria. Yeah. Yeah. This impression brought to you by bacteria. Bacteria. We all got it. <laughs> bacteria keeps you alive, but sometimes makes you sick. <laughs> New sponsor. Yeah, that's bacteria. Right, bacteria. <laughs> okay. Delirious. The cold medicine. Delirious on cough medicine. <laughs> or cough medicine. It's on that tussin. Yeah. No, I'm a, I'm a quill man. He's on that quill. Yeah. He's going down the quill that's hole. Right. That's right. Chasing that orange fairy. <laughs> um, whose turn is it now? Mine? My turn to give uh, you a line there, yeah, Tim? That's true. Okay. Let's do. Let's do. <coughs> Excuse me. What's his name? Mr. Boats? Mr. Boots? The supervisor at the... Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Of the hospital. Yeah. Clerks. Um, I don't remember he, his name either. Yeah. I, I think they'll say it in the clip, but it's the first time we're introduced to him. Mm-hmm. And he uh, walks up um, reciting a little bit of poetry to Mr. Picar. Avoid a reeking herd. Shun the polluted flock. Leave like that stored bird. The eagle of the rock. Hey, Mr. Boats. All right, quoting a little Eleanor Wiley. Eleanor Hoytwiley. Hoytwiley. Hoyt. The eagle and the mole, I believe it's called. <laughs> All right. Avoid the reeking herd. Shun the polluted flock. Live like that stoic bird. The eagle of the rock. 
Nice. Yeah, that was nice. Good job, dude. Yeah. Boom. Good job. Boom. Yeah. Mic Boom, drop. indeed. That was a pen drop. Pen drop. Mic stayed in place. That's true. <laughs> yeah. The mic is already on the table, though. That, that is true. So, so yeah. Well, nor would I want him to drop it. It's nice. Oh, no, no, no. no. Yeah. <clears throat> we don't want to break anything. All right. Well, we don't want to break anything, but we do want to be careful. So put on your hard hats, put aside your scorecards, because it's time for some scene work. Of course, this is an optimistic podcast. We like to start things off optimistically. So here we are. Do-do-do-do! <laughs> Best scene. What's Best the, scene! What, Best scene! What's the best scene in American Splendor? Jeez. <laughs> uh, um, it's kind of tough. Um, I, I know what mine is. Okay. I, I mean, it was pretty easy for me. I All think. right. I, I, knew mine I mean, I have like then. two options. I have like two that are probably, I could argue. But no, you start then if you have one you know for sure. I mean, I think it is uh, when we're on the meta film set with the actual Harvey P. Carr and the actual Toby. Mm -hmm. And uh, we get to a point where Toby is, is talking to Harvey about how they cope with loss. And not only do you have them like being natural and talking to each other, these two men who have known each other for years and years and years, um, but Toby gets distracted and starts talking about jelly beans. <laughs> and in the background, Paul Giamatti and Judah Friedlander are you know, there like sitting in director's chairs and Paul G you can see Paul Giamatti watching and listening, and it is, I think, beautifully framed and so interesting and the right kind of meta and real uh, reality that I just, I thought it was beautiful and a nice encapsulation of what this movie is and what the heart of the comic is um, in general. Yeah, I, that was, <coughs> that was one of my two for sure. Uh I think it's, I think you're exactly right. I think it's kind of the perfect scene to encapsulate the movie and you see their relationship. And I think that's also right after, is that right after the Revenge of the Nerds in the car conversation? It's before. It's before. It's right before. I think. Yes. Yeah, because that's kind of my favorite, like right around that part of the movie is kind of my favorite, you know, probably 15 minute block of this movie is kind of right in that sweet spot there. Mm. Um, but yes, it, it's such an interesting scene to watch because this is really the only time in this movie that that happens where you're really just kind of seeing, you, you obviously see other people around, but like really where it's just the two of them, the real Harvey and Toby talking. And then just to have the other two in the background as audience members for this. Right. Um, and, and I don't, I, they don't really do anything quite like that in this movie, even when they're kind of on the set. You have the real Joyce at one point, and you kind of, but like to actually kind of have all of them on the screen at once, especially when they're all just like standing around the table when they walk off the set. Yeah. And you kind of realize what's going on. Like, oh, we're, oh, we're doing this. Okay, this is fucking terrific. So... Uh, yeah, uh, that was definitely one of my two. Uh, I guess the other one, uh, I was really thinking of was the revenge of the nerds in the car scene between the two of them. A great scene. Um, that is, <clears throat> Judah Friedlander, Friedlander is, 
it's just such a funny scene, and to hear him describe why it actually has like this really like kind of heartfelt meaning to it, even though it's funny and all that. But you know, him complaining about, uh, not complaining about, but admitting that he is a nerd and saying that there's this movie out there that kind of makes the nerd the hero. Yeah, and it's it, it's just this really nice moment, and I feel like. Here's actually a question about that scene. When um, when Harvey comes up to the car in that scene, mm-hmm. do you think he is coming there to ask Toby to like be his best man at the wedding? Oh, interesting. Because yeah. that's what I thought was happening, and it kept like it kept looking like he was planning to do that, and then didn't in the end. Because he, like, he was going to go see this movie. Yeah, because he wanted to go see this movie. And like Harvey even kind of walking up to the car, like has like he kind of <clears> sees <throat> him and has this moment of like... Uh, it seemed like the moment of like when a guy's asking his best friend to be his best man. Damn, Brad. I, I think you might be onto something. And yeah. it worked for me on another level there. Yeah, for sure. Um, kind of seeing that even though he doesn't ask him to do it, it's such a nice uh, depiction of their relationship. That you almost don't even need need it to, like, Harvey doesn't need to ask him that. It's kind of inherent or something. I, I, I don't know. But, yeah, I I found that scene extremely interesting. Yeah, it's great. And it's hilarious. Yeah. That's a whole new level. I'm <coughs> for it. That's crazy. Plus, I love at the end of that scene when, uh, <laughs> when Harvey's getting out of the car. And he's like, well, things are looking up, huh? You got this movie, I'm getting married. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. But he takes all the White Castle fries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. I mean, he describes the whole last scene of Revenge of the Nerds. And I, I'll tell you, I love it when they actually go see it together with Joyce as well. Yeah. Um, and then Harvey like kind of flips out on uh, on Toby about it, being like, just Hollywood bullshit, man. Yeah. That's not real life. Like... That's, I, I think it's so funny. Um, the other thing I just thought of is uh, he then also describes the whole movie, which means that he's made this trip before. Toby has. Because he would have had to have seen it. At that time, the internet, he couldn't look up spoilers and everything. You might have seen the trailer, though. Maybe. But he knows the ending of the movie. He knew the yeah. ending of the movie. So he's already, he seen, so he's already made this 280-mile so trip. This is not the first time he's gone round trip to see Revenge of the Nerds. Alright. No, no, he talks like it. Well, maybe it's just the excitement of seeing the movie. <laughs> oh, he loves it. Yeah. Outlining the importance of uh, representation in film, too. Yeah. Although this is a film populated with white men. But... <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's true. But outsiders, nonetheless. Tim, what's your best scene? I, I knew this one going in before, like, as soon as you was like, is this, you were like, best scene. I was like, oh, I already know. The phone book monologue. Right after he, uh, right after he passes out, and he goes on that phone book monologue. I feel like that's the one, that's that's one of the times that the movie just says this is what it's gonna be like if you were reading the comic. Like you get a glimpse into like if Harvey Picar was making the movie, this is what it would be like. Plus, I just I just love the whole like concept of every man focuses on <laughs> some name. Shit, like your name in the phone book, and who were the other people with your name in the phone book? Like, 
we all have that weird thing that we're just like, this is what we're focusing on, and we're obsessed with it. We're not going to tell anyone else about it. Yeah, and his isn't the pure name listing. <laughs> yeah. Because he actually gets relegated to the middle initial. Yeah. And uh, also, um, the first time that a person, I think, steps into the cartoon world, yeah. rather than a cartoon in the person world. Yeah. Person world. Real world. <laughs> person world? <laughs> yeah, Brad. What do you call it? Plus, Same I love, thing, Chris. <laughs> I love that I just noticed this time when he, like, the symmetry of right before he passes out, he's like, what happens when I die? Does my character just fade away? And then at the end of that scene, he just fades away into the white page behind him. Yeah. Well, and he talks about death in that scene, too, with what happens to these other Harvey P. cars. Yeah. He gets, like, two years of yeah. he's the only one before another one pops up in the phone book. Yeah. Who are these people? Yeah. <laughs> It's a, it's a, what are they doing with their lives? Yeah, it's, it's a great little monologue. Yeah. It, it's, it's really, really beautiful. Um, man, interesting pick. Interesting pick. I can't, I can't push back too hard on that. Um, even though I think I'm right, but <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> uh, anything else to mention before we slide into the pessimistic end of this? open forum um no i think i'm okay yeah okay well if there's a best scene there must be a worst scene to do worst scene <laughs> what is it guys yeah i struggled with this yeah me too i mean because there's like a couple little things like the scene where he's trying to write on a piece of paper like on a bed, yeah. and he like punches a, and he like punches a hole in the paper because he's writing on a bed. Yeah, when there's a pad of paper next to him, you sit on that top of that pad of paper, and you don't have this problem. Yeah, and like even though it, it obviously happened, I guess in real, it, it did happen in real life. But how they acquired their daughter, which is kind of really <laughs> yeah. Which which might like be one hundred percent true. Probably it seems is, like it is, but yeah. it just felt like it was very quickly passed over. Like, hey, he just gave us his daughter. Like, okay, wait, there's. Yeah. Can, no. can I get a little <laughs> explanation here? Just something glossed over a whole lot of drama. It's probably a whole other movie worth in itself. And maybe that's true. Maybe you just needed to get through that because it's when you start explaining it, there's just so much story that you just can't explain it as quick that quickly, but. Um, yeah, that's what I wrote down was the, the daughter thing. The daughter thing. I mean, he goes into such detail about all these other things and like how you know these little everyday things make him feel and and emote so expressively. And it's like two lines of oh, and then Fred gave us his daughter, <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. And then it's just like and then now they just have this daughter, and you know that Joyce gets along with her. You know that way before they even have this daughter but it's just so glossed over and then yeah it's, it's a little odd that this huge moment life-altering moment the thing that choice has wanted since you know what maybe a year into their relationship or so yeah. or at least seemingly in this timeline she wants him to reverse his vasectomy and he won't Son now i wonder bitch. if it's something that they cover in the comics I think I'm going to own the comics in the near future. Oh, cool. Ooh. <laughs> I'd like to borrow one or two. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, I'm wondering if maybe 
Fred, the dad, or the maybe, or maybe the daughter didn't want that part of the story in the story. Yeah, maybe they didn't get permission from Fred or well, something. Well, and like Fred does say at one point, like when he's talking about the mother not uh, his ex-wife or wife or ex-wife, ex-wife being there. He's like, yeah, she's even more messed up than I am, which makes it sound like he's has issues of some kind. Yeah. So I, I then you could foresee. In that situation, him believing that the daughter is better off with um, Harvey and probably particularly Joyce because those two get along so well, his his daughter and Joyce. Um, but yeah, it just it, it's not explained. I mean, yeah. it just leaves us to now just make hi- hypothesis based on the very little information we're given. Yeah, and we should note that the daughter is in the movie. Yeah. She's in that retirement scene. Real, and, real yeah, daughter is there. And they do even have a line in the dramatization where she's going through the comic books with Harvey. She's like, oh, is this one you? Is this one you? You look like a monster. Uh, and he's like, well, we'll see how they draw you. And she says, what do you mean? He's like, well, you're part of this now. You're a character now. Yeah. So, I mean, she's obviously in the books, but maybe it's just as quick and, quick and easy. I don't know. Yeah. Only time. And... Potential comic book purchases will tell. <laughs> My uh, worst scene is... I've never once wanted to see Paul... When, the scene when he found his lump the first time. Mm. <clears throat> I've never once wanted to see Paul Giamatti scratching his nuts in his underwear on his bed. Never once. Never once in my life have I thought, you know what I could go for watching Paul Giamatti scratch his nuts on his bed in his boxers. Have you thought that once about anyone? No. Hmm. That's a good point. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying. Particularly, I've, it was it was also was hard for me because I do love a lot of the scenes in this movie, so I had to pick a, a funny one. Yeah, yeah, this is a funny one. <laughs> no, I mean that's not bad. I mean it's yeah. That's how he discovers cancer. Yeah, it's important. Yeah. You do have the cat walk right in front of the shot, which is like in some ways, I was kind of impressed. Like, oh, that's like cool. Like the cat's kind of blocking him. Mm, I don't remember this. Uh, and the cat, like, li- the, walks in front of the shot? Like, literally walks in front of the shot and blocks Paul Giamatti at one point. Hmm. And uh, it just struck me as odd. I didn't really think about it too much at the time now that we're talking about it. I can't, it's like that, is that cat black? Would it be like a black cat crossing your path, like bad luck type thing? I can't remember what color uh, the cat yeah, was. Yeah, I mean, that's not a bad uh, or I just didn't read know on that. Yeah, or I didn't know if just maybe the cat happened to cross the shot, and they were just like, eh, fuck it, we're good. Yeah, the cat is black, because when he's laying on the floor later, yeah. after chemo of the bathroom, oh, and the cat's, the cat's with him, and he's petting it. It's uh, a okay. black cat. Well, then, there you go. There you go, indeed. Good read, Brad. Hey, thanks. Lots of good reads in this film, what first time through. Hey, what can I say? I... Get lucky sometimes. Good read, Brad. Hey, good read, Brad. <laughs> That's what they've never called me. That's what they've never called you, but maybe they will from here on out. Only time will tell. And there it is, the theme song of our final podcast game. It's time for milking it. Zero to five points this game for each player involved. That's you. That's me. That's Tim. Brad's the you in that. <laughs> Not you, the listener. Sorry if you thought it was you. I mean, feel free to play along at home, though. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Although they don't have the big box of Hollywood ideas of prequels, sequels, <laughs> reboots, and genres filled with ancient cards letting filmmakers from all corners of the earth create great Hollywood pictures for a billion dollars. 
You're gonna draw a card from each uh, for each one of us. Not you, me, Brad. <laughs> we draw our own card. Onset card will. The audience is so fucking lost right now. No, no. Reach go draw a card. Onset card will give you a way to reimagine, reuse um, characters, themes, ideas, plot lines from American Splendor and make a brand new movie title and quick summary to put back out there to make a billion more dollars for the studio system. As I said, zero to five points this time, so it still could be anyone's game. Brad? Chris? Are you going first this time? I'm you're pretty, looking at me I'm like you're going sure first. I'm pretty sure I am. Draw a card, sir. <laughs> All right. Sci-fi thriller. <laughs> a sci-fi thriller. Interesting. Yep. Okay. I'm excited to see what you do with that. I'm doing the reboot. Ooh. <laughs> reboot. Bootin' it read. It's about time someone told Harvey Picard's story again. <laughs> <laughs> and Tim, what do you got for us? I got sequel. Sequel, Tim. Okay. The Harvey Picard story continues. Mm. All right, we're going to get our thoughts together and read right back with three brand new movies for your listening enjoyment right after this. <laughs> And we're back, high on film, right in the middle of milking it for American Splendor. Brad Davis. Yeah. You drew first. Yeah. Sci-fi thriller. Uh-huh. Lay it on us. Okay. So, we have Harvey. Uh, he's a lonely science fiction writer who has uh, never garnered, garnered any success in his life. Um... He's lonely, and he's just, uh, he, he, has, he has no bunny in his life. Uh, he goes to a sci-fi convention, and there he meets Joyce, also a very lonely person. Um, and they kind of connect a little bit, and um, they decide to start writing a sci-fi uh book together um and when they start doing and, and they get married and uh you know they, as they're writing this uh things start happening that kind of that kind of make you believe that like other things are going uh, that, like this what it is is the book they're writing is kind of coming to life slowly but surely around them so little piece little things are happening that they can't really explain and they don't realize that actually what they're writing is starting to slowly mesh with the real world so eventually and they're also and they're and during this time too their relationship is actually starting to fall apart a little bit because they found out they can't have a child and that's starting to put a strain on their relationship the more the strain on their relationship comes the more these other things start permeating into their world um they write a character into the story that's like supposed to be loosely based on what their child would be a daughter. And then one day, finally at their kind of lowest point, this child actually shows up to them and tells them that they need to, they need to come with her in order to save her in order to save the real world. And in order to save the fictional world, um, that this, that their non daughter resides in. 
Um, so that's kind of the main, and then they go into the book and, mm-hmm. and see this world that they've created. And we kind of, with the rest of the movie are in that world. And <laughs> so there's, there's that. So the world yeah, sounds good so far. Yeah. Brad. I will. And that's kind of the whole gist. I mean, the world that we're in, which is also the name of the movie is Cleveland. <laughs> Cleveland. Yep. Okay. Are you worried about people pronouncing it Cleveland? <laughs> nope, because it's going to be two separate oh. C-L-E-V-E mm. space capital L-A-N-D. Well, yeah, you got me there. Good. Not bad, man. Not bad. Cleveland. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I got a reboot. Boot it up. If you're ready for it. If Hollywood's ready Born for an independent comic docudrama reboot i think i think everybody's anticipating well i'm kind of going to steal the idea from uh, todd haynes i'm not there the bob dylan biopic where there's a bunch of different people that play bob dylan uh through the different phases in his life uh it's actually a favorite of mine um but in this one because we have so many different artists who have taken their uh talents to draw an american splendor comic we're going to use a lot of their uh, styles and a lot of different film styles um, to portray the different sections, story sections of Harvey P. Carr's life. So, <clears throat> excuse me, like when he's more in his like uh, alone, like the early days uh, where he's alone and particularly pessimistic and more of like that monster that they kind of say he is, then it's, you know, probably going to be in the crumb style of animation. We can cut into, like, a one that's done in a, uh, you know, a sad comedic era where he's played by the lawyer from Scrubs. Um, <laughs> then we can get into, like, <laughs> the, the Joyce stuff uh, where she talks about, like, how sometimes he looks like a Brando. I don't know the artist who does that Picard, but, like, when he talks more about her, he can be more of that, like, romantic figure. Um, another time where it's particularly, like, sad and lonely, when maybe she's gone, he's played by Harry Dean Stanton in a real, you know, uh, live-action shot. Um, yeah, and it kind of just details his life uh, probably a little more concisely, a little more focused on the file clerk job than this movie does, um, because it's going to be called Clerk. Wow. <laughs> uh. Singular. All comes back around. It all comes yeah. back around. I tried to. Singular. Singular. Yeah. Nice. That's good. <coughs> Thank like you. It. Tim, you drew the sequel. I drew the sequel. What you got? So, at its base, it's a road trip movie. <laughs> okay. You wild man. All right. Danielle. Where are you going? Danielle is now 15, and her deadbeat mom has kidnapped her. Oh, Not, actual mom. Sorry, actual, yeah, yeah. actual mom. Got it. Has shown up and decided that she needs the Danielle to be in her life, so she's kidnapped her. Danielle is dealing with it by drawing a comic, so the movie will be called oh. My Kidnapping Year. Ah. <laughs> but, Interesting. Uh, with help from Harvey and Joyce, who have experience in the comic book uh, drawing and writing. Mm-hmm. So at its base, it's a road trip movie of Harvey, Joyce, Toby, and the, the supervisor. And, well, and Mr. Fred, Boats. Mr. Boats and Fred. I think all characters need to be in the car. 
on the way across the country. You're gonna need a van. A van, definitely a van. Um, like actually, actually, uh, these five would probably greyhound it. Okay. Oh yeah. Love Har- that. Harvey would greyhound it. So it's a road trip movie and a greyhound. There's a lot to complain about on a greyhound. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> across the country to save Danielle from her deadbeat mom. Um, and then back across the country with Danielle. What? Once they save her. Once they save her. We'll okay. be an intermission. Oh, three hours. Three plus hour movie. Damn, all right. Yeah. And it was called My Kidnapping Year. My Kidnapping, kidnapping Year. year. <laughs> my Kidnapping Year. Mm. Not bad. Or yeah. maybe two months. Yeah. Maybe not a whole year. The Kidnapping Two Months. <laughs> you better work with that third act, because if I'm investing in this film, going all the way back across the country seems like a little anticlimactic. Well, that's when the hijinks ensue. There's no hijinks before that? Oh, there's plenty of hijinks, but probably someone gets sick on the way back. I bet Fred gets sick on the way back. Okay. Yeah, there we go. All right. Oh, that would actually explain why. Yeah, I can see that. He gets sick, so he has to give his daughter up? Yep. Okay. All right, guys. (laughs) Well, once you tally your points, uh, please pass your scorecards to the front of the class. And you don't even have to tally them. Just record them. I'll tally them. Chris loves math. There it is. Uh, And we will, unfortunately, move into our pessimistic end of the show, podcast regrets. Anything you regret saying or not saying for the uh, hour or so we've been recording about American Splendor or otherwise? Um, boy, not really. I mean, I guess my one regret is that we don't have a script for Tim Europe, international <laughs> porn spy. <laughs> well, it's early, Brad. I, I mean, know, how but quick I, wanted, do you want I, want, I want the script done now. <laughs> I'm eagerly anticipating this film. I, I would like it to be a, a bit of quality, so I, I don't want to just rush it out there, Brad. <laughs> no, 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 I understand that, but I am I, so on board with the idea. I just wish, uh, I wish we already had it, so... I, too, like Tim, regret uh, having not read an American Splendor comic yet. Mm. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. That would have been nice for this. Yeah, yeah. thanks, Brad. <laughs> oh, I, I'm including myself in this. Oh, yeah. I think I might try to do that, actually. I've uh, got, yeah. my, got my little Kindle, Amazon Fire. Yeah. Get them off that. Yeah. Easily. I bet it could be a fun read. Yeah, I bet you it is. Plus, we might find out about that whole Danielle situation. Yeah! Well, we really got to lock that down. And I also want to see Crumb. I've never seen Crumb. And I hear it's a really good, uh, also, like, documentary kind of uh, life story. Oh. Yeah. About uh, the character James Urbaniak plays in this. I'm trying to think if I can remember what that movie is. Do you know who stars in it? Uh, I think it's a documentary. Oh, oh, it's a documentary. So, Crumb. Actually, Crumb. Yes. Crumb himself. Crumb himself. Not who is Harry Crumb. No, that I believe is entirely fictitious. Uh, yes, that is a John <laughs> yeah. Candy movie, I believe. Yeah, I, it is indeed. I'll confirm that. Thank you for that, Chris. You're welcome. Tim? Yes. Any podcast regrets? I regret nothing. Wow, okay, fair Bravo. enough. Bravo. No, hey, listen. Don't go through your life with regrets. <laughs> it's important. It is. I applaud you. But I also, like, I, I think I, yeah, I'm in the same boat. I will own those comics, I think, in the near future. Oh, sweet. Yeah. 
Well, I can't wait to talk about them with you. Yeah. Let's start a comic book podcast. Okay. No. no High on comic that. books. High yep. on comic books. The spinoffs spin are really endless. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think we already have High on TV. And that's it. Bust off film. That's true. Okay, <laughs> we have an actual spinoff for this show. <laughs> yeah. Mini episodes. Mini episodes. <laughs> All right, guys. Points are tallied. Brad. Yeah, third place. Poor showing. Got it. 14.15 points. Message received. Tim. Mm. Good showing. 17.35 points. Boom. I'm well, proud of that. Unfortunately, me, who mm. you both were doing better than, mm. did not do better than in this podcast. Yeah. 18.2 points for the win. Oh. Yes. FTW. You're like Kobe in that play. I mean, Jordan in that playoff game. Yeah. Where playing, he has pneumonia. Oh, playing through the pain. The sick game. I don't have pneumonia. Just a little head cold. Yeah. I'll be fine. Yeah, I still feel fine. Good. Thanks, man. Yeah, How I do you feel? Pretty, I feel pretty good. Cool, good. guys. Yeah. I do, too. This was a pretty good movie. Uh, no, what am I saying? A really good movie. <laughs> pretty good podcast. <laughs> <laughs> now, Tim, thank you so much for being on the show, man. Uh, a pleasure. <laughs> no, uh, thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Uh, great movie choice. Um, and, yeah, come back again soon. Yeah, I'd love to. Anything to plug? Uh, no, not really. Okay, <laughs> easy enough. Yeah. <laughs> Brad Davis. Chris Maxwell. Thank you as always, sir. Uh, my pleasure. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at BDAlwaysGP and on Instagram at the same, at BDAlwaysGP. Easy enough. I like it. Same things. Hey, I'm consistent. I try to be as well. At Cross Maxwell, across your social medias. Media Bulls, that's what I always say. Uh, High on Film is where you can find the show on many different platforms. So look for it there. Tweet at us, send us an email at the High on Film Show at gmail.com. Check out what last week's McConuary episode with Lincoln Lawyer. Uh, we did Postcards from the Edge. Postcards from the Edge! There it is. I can't sing Aerosmith right now. <laughs> you um, should apologize to the callers that aren't going to make it on the show. Yeah, I should. I yeah. should. And we also did um, one I'm missing. Yep, we did another podcast in there as well. <laughs> Something. Find it soon. Take shelter. Ah, take shelter, Clark Kohler. Yeah, a great episode. It was so good. check all those out, and we will be back next week with another show, another movie, and another guest. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks, buddy. We love you. Thanks, listeners. Bye. Goodbye.